0: Hey there. Welcome to the show. Wow. I have so much to talk to you today, uh, about, and, um, you know, a lot going on in the world of real estate, uh, some good, some bad. And I do want to dispel some of the headlines because I'll tell you my rant in a little while is going to be about headlines and the people that are writing the headlines. And, uh, you know what, I'm going to call them out because enough is enough. We need some clarity about what's going on. Uh, but before I go down that road, uh, just so you know, coming up, I've got Dave Butler from BM select. He's going to be joining me here in studio. And uh, always great to have Dave on. We're going to talk about interest rates, where we see them going this year. Of course, everybody's a little bit worried. What does 2023 have uh, in store for us as far as we talk about interest rates? You know, you can be rest assured, you know, come January, we are going to go up again. It just depends. Is the Bank of Canada going to pull the trigger on a quarter of a point or a half a point? Well, it's coming up soon. So, you know, get ready. Uh, I'd rather everybody know what's coming as opposed to being caught off guard like we were last year, 2022, seven increases from the Bank of Canada definitely caught us off guard. Their commitment to a quarter point increase kind of as a max was thrown out the door. And of course, we are the uh, you know, recipients of these higher interest rates. So we'll, uh, lots to talk about today. Um, by the way, if you have not registered for our Simple Seminar webinar coming up on Thursday, the, uh, February the 2nd, right here in our studio. Uh, Again, we're going to be entertaining, you know, a great seminar, but more importantly, we're doing this for first responders as well. And special program that we've got launched, you know, basically $30,000 down and you're able to buy an investment uh, property. So uh, make sure you go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. Looking forward to seeing everybody here that Thursday evening at 7pm. But like I said, you know my rant. Um, can I can I get it revved up? Well, here's here's my problem, and I'm going to start off with you know uh, people taking pot shots at landlords. And when you take a look at some of these headlines, and and this is this is the one that you know I'm going to tell you, it pisses me off when we get some of these guys that are writing these uh, some of these you know calmness that are coming out of nowhere, and they want to sit there and say greedy landlords are part of the unaffordable rent story in Canada. All right. You know, as the, as the article continues on, they do, you know, say, Oh, but there's some good landlords out there. Well, then why did your article start off with that headline? Cause that's the first thing that we see as the narrative. It's sort of like. You know, when you drive by a billboard, there's only a second to catch what it says. And a lot of people don't sit there and dive into a newspaper nowadays and go through the entire article. What they do is they kind of just surf the headlines. So let's just keep pushing that narrative of greedy landlords. Well, you know what? You can stuff it. Because, you know what, when I take a look at it, if we don't have landlords today in this world, guess what? There's going to be a lot of homeless people. And if you think for some reason that it's the landlords that are preventing, you know, people from uh, becoming first-time homebuyers, think again, okay? That's not the case. It's not like the... the the landlords or the real estate investor, uh, took up all the properties. So there was nothing left. Guess what? We still run a shortage and you got 500,000 people coming into Canada and you're sitting there saying it's the problem of the landlord. Well, guess what? Those people aren't buying. Where are they going to live? Well, guess what? They rent for the first three years, statistically new immigrants rent. So you tell me where are we going to get these properties? Well, If it wasn't from the mom and pop landlords, you know, and I get it. A lot of corporations nowadays, they don't want to weigh into the marketplace. They don't want to build purpose-built rentals. You know, the government's, you know, basically handcuffing them half the time, and then they're hitting them with, with higher development charges. Everybody wants to turn around and take the proverbial dump on landlords. Well, you know what, if it wasn't from the mom and pop landlords, there'd be a lot more people living either together with other families or in a basement, but they wouldn't have their own places. so I get it. Is there an uptick right now on rents? Yes, there is. And here's here's the big you know comment. People are saying, yeah, but landlords are raising the rents. Have you taken a look at the negative cash flow if you are a landlord right now? And I know a lot of you are sitting there saying, going, oh boo-hoo-hoo, you know, Todd, you're a landlord, you know, be you know, rich, greedy landlords. Not at all. The one thing that we have to remember with higher interest rates, guess what it's more negative cash flow to a landlord. In fact, if you happen to own a condo in Toronto, you've never had positive cash flow. So this goes back into my my next point. so another you know um, uh, headline that I saw and it was interesting because agents say there's a huge surge in buyers trying to get out of uh, their agreement of purchase and sale so they bought something well again narrative's not there you know what you got to dive into this article because the article it's not about the the person that is bought a couple months ago and interest rates went up no this is the people that were the speculators and if you know anything about me and my system i don't believe in speculation so the guys that were sitting there that hopped into this market you know call it a year or two ago and they paid at the higher price first and foremost, most of the condos aren't going to close that quickly. So the people that were closing or, or purchased originally in 2018, 2019, guess what? They made enough money. If they turn around and they want to spin it out and what we call an assignment. So an assignment, just for definition, is the fact that you buy brand new. It's a, it's a piece of paper, technically. And before it's finished and you have to actually close on it, you can now turn around and assign that piece of paper to a new buyer. So this happened in between basically 2012 to about, you know, about a year ago, a lot of people that were getting into that kind of the market, they were assigning their contract because they could make money because, you know, wait for five years, real estate was going up, got it. But this was, this was what I call the speculators coming into the marketplace and they were tr- just trying to gain the system to make more money. So did they drive the prices up? No, because not every single property ended up going to them. A lot of people were turning around being the end user. And here's the other thing is that even if they did turn around and sell it to somebody, they didn't sell it now to a real estate investor. The person they sold it to was the end user who's moving into it. So Let's just hypothetically say somebody bought a brand new condo in 2017, just closed last year. The person they sold it to was an end user who's moved into it. Now they own a property. Congratulations. But in the end, here's the problem is, you know, when we see titles like this, the narrative that people are trying to keep dumping on real estate, it's getting ridiculous, it's out of hand and you know, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and govern everybody to be able to say the right things, but you know what, you got to be cautious of what you read as the first line because they're not all true. So back to the speculators for a second. So we had some people that, let's say, they bought in, and, and, and even, even if you bought in 2019, the price was still down. So again, this narrative, I think when people are saying they're scrambling because they can't assign it, um, you know, in 2019 to 2022, prices still went up probably $150, $200 a square foot minimum. So there's still some gap there. So I think the people that were going to assign it, yeah, they may not make the money, but that's that speculator that I talk about. But guess what about speculators? You know, everybody sits there and goes, oh, yeah, look at them. They made $100,000. Well, you know what? That's not what they see in the Canadian Revenue Agency, just so you know. So CRA looks at it a little bit differently. And for those of you that are uneducated and don't know this, is the fact that If you turn around and assign a contract, that profit you make off that contract becomes income that year. It's not capital gains. okay? It is deemed income. So let's say you made a hundred thousand on a flip of a property. Well, guess what? that gets added to your current income. So if you're making 100 grand a year and you made 100 on that, guess what? Your taxable income is 200,000. So for the people that sit there and say, yeah, you got greedy people speculating, greedy landlords, there's a lot more to it. And I think if you turn around and drill down the numbers, everybody can back off the narrative. Because again, like I said, do we have a few bad landlords out there? Yes. Painting the real estate investor with the same brush, I think, is very unjust. Because guess what? We also have a lot of bad tenants out there and when we got hit with the you know you cannot evict anybody during covid a lot of tenants really took advantage of the situation they could afford to pay the rents but they decided not to because they couldn't get evicted do you know how long it takes right now for a landlord to evict somebody from their property that they're paying the mortgage the property taxes probably condominium fee Right now, there is such a lineup in the landlord-tenant board that they are in excess of six months. So somebody gets to live for six months for free. Now, for those of you that are sitting there saying, good? Well, then, you know what? You're never going to own, and you don't deserve to have a good landlord because it's wrong. If you live there, you pay the rent. If you're a landlord, you take care of the property and take care of the tenant. That's how it works. You have to have a, you know, a harmonious relationship in the two. But as soon as you sit there and say, no, it should be, there's no problem. The landlord shouldn't have to get paid every single month. I didn't know that, you know, that everybody has to be a nonprofit organization when we work with investment real estate. So yeah, this is a tough rant for some of you to listen from me, but you know what? I'm sick and tired of some of these writers of these columns going off about half-cocked about what they do and don't know. Tell you what, live it. Tell you what, why don't you become a landlord and watch what happens when your tenant doesn't pay you for six months and then you've got to pony up your own money. Guess what? You're not going to want to be a landlord again. Or you're going to sit there and try to hire a company, and they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. So you know what? It's not the, you know, everybody driving sports cars and everybody's got a free ride. That's not what they're doing. A lot of people use investment real estate for their future, okay, to be able to pass it on to their kids. The idea that maybe you own investment, uh, an investment property, so you might be able to give the next generation their down payment, that's a very honorable way that people should be looking at investment real estate and i'd like people to actually kind of grasp that we need landlords we need landlords more than ever before here in canada if we leave our doors open for immigration we need to make sure that our new immigrants our new canadians here to do work are going to have a place to live They can't afford to buy. So they're going to have to rent. And you know what? It's our responsibility to make sure that we have decent rental properties that people are going to be able to occupy. So that's my rant. I know it was a long one, but you know what? I'm very passionate about this. And I think that there is a balance act that we should be able to have. And it'd be nice for us to find it. Just let's get rid of some of these stupid headlines that people are throwing out there just to cause, you know, something overheated when it's not necessary. You know what? We can turn around and put out that fire finally. Good landlords are great. Good tenants are fabulous you know, get rid of the other guys that aren't. So anyways, that's my rant for this week. By the way, as I mentioned, coming up after the break, we've got Dave Butler joining us uh, from BM Select. And also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's The Simple Investor 1. My producer Aiden is going to make sure that we've got more and more feeds for you every single week. And we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. As I mentioned, my next guest, no stranger to the show. In fact, he's been here for years and now is starting a new new year. So uh joining me now in studio is Dave Butler. He is the owner and broker at BM Select. Dave, happy new year.
1: Happy New Year, man. Wow. What a what a what a What an interesting year to come out of.
0: (laughs) You know, you you and I can definitely beat around 2022. I got to tell you, you know, uh, the numbers are coming out, the stats are coming out, you know, and all this stuff. And biggest, biggest number, of course, is the, just the absolute, you know, destruction in the number of units sold. Like, I'm not going to get into price yet, but let's, let's, you know, break down the fact that. You know, we are off by at least 40% from the year before, Um, you know, with yourselves, you know, I know, I know that, unfortunately, you do have refinancing, you've got a lot of other, you know, irons irons in the fire. Tell us what's what's what did the year look like?
1: Well, the beginning, the first six months of the year, uh, and as you know, with us, because when real estate agents are selling, you know, we're we're actually closing them a lot later than you know they're being sold. So, first six months for us was fantastic. It was actually tracking to beat uh, 2021, which 2021 was uh, I, I'm, I, it goes without saying phenomenal year. First six months, we were definitely tracking to destroy 2021. Um, the last six months was yeah a tale of, of two different. Two different sides of the coin right we I, I would say we'll we'll finish the year once i've actually tallied everything up we'll end up you know it takes us a little bit because commissions everything comes in late but um i would say we'll end up finishing the year probably down overall and that's after being up for a big six months, first six months, big. I think we're gonna end up being down about maybe ten to twelve percent year over year. Now, with that said, if you compare the back six months to the the last six months of 2022, the last six months of 2021, um, yeah, I would say we're probably closing in at you know down on the for those yeah it could be 40 maybe 30 35 40 we'll see the final numbers when we come out soon
0: yeah so that but that's more closing not necessarily you know let's say dollar value like and and and, and, and that's that's one of the things that you know when, when we talk about real estate values, it's not the same in mortgage values, right? Because not everybody, you know, there are people that will put more money down or different kind of financing and things like that. So, so you know, I don't want our our listeners to say, oh, Dave Butler said that you know, the market's <laughs> no, yeah.
1: down 40%. Well, it's, like, it's funny you bring that up because, uh, believe it or not, volume per deal is still up overall for 2022. Right. So when you actually look at... You know, I think let's say as an example, our average mortgage amount in twenty twenty one might have been like four hundred and eighty six thousand dollars. Let's say on average. Well, this year in twenty this year, I say twenty twenty two. Last year, we will actually be up. So even with the volume being down, price really when you equate it price or mortgage amount was actually up and that uh that that made me kind of you know I did did a double take on that one cuz I thought to myself I expected it to kind of rival 2021 with the back half yep. but it actually didn't so you're right i mean it's all it's all volume i mean it's the number the sales are down the numbers are down but i think everyone and we're going to get the next what Month, two months, three months, we're going to hear mainstream media just talking about how volume, you know, they're not going to say volume, they're going to say real estate is down. But the reality is it's it's volume is down. But when you look at price, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the catastrophic meltdown of price that supposedly was expected.
0: Yeah. So you know, you know um, you know when you and I were younger there would be movies and there was the flashing nuclear warning, you know the brr, 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 right the flashing red alert. Um, I think that we're going to have that at the end of February where people are going to sit there because they're still using the same you know measuring stick. Everything was the height of the real estate market in 2022. And I really think that you and I are gonna hear a lot of that. Oh my goodness, the market has collapsed. Even though we saw like the, probably the fastest in in, in my, in my 30, I don't know, I better watch myself, I'm dating myself. (laughs) My 31 years in real estate, let's say, um, I think that it was the greatest like three weeks of increase in value I've ever seen.
1: That February was nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the December, January, February, December twenty twenty, and then January, February, sorry, twenty twenty one, and then January, February of twenty twenty two was. Uh, I've, you know, and I, you know, I, I, you've got a couple more years on me. Actually, a good decade on me. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I never seen anything like that. And the craziness that we saw of people coming, I, I couldn't believe people coming to us and saying. Um, uh, can I go $200,000 above my ask or above my maximum? Can I do this? And we would be, well, what, what's the list price? They'd say, well, list price is 800, but apparently you need to be offering 1.1 1. 1 to be, and I'm like, wait a sec, list price is supposed to be the sticker price that you see and you end up somewhere around that. It, the game changed for a bit there.
0: Huge. Oh boy, I'll tell you, because that, that's one of the biggest complaints that people had. Obviously, of twenty one. And at the, the, the beginning of 22 there was, you know, agents knew that the price was 1.6, right? They knew the value. At least the last comparable sale was 1.6. So what do they do? They put it on, on the market at 900,000, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, I, I, it almost was like a, it was too much of a game. And, and, and I don't like that. Like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure all the professionals out there, they, that's not a market anybody can really truly appreciate because it is just... Who is the most desperate to win? And the problem is is that inexperienced agents were putting their clients at risk. You know they were sitting there saying, "Well, you know, I heard if you want this property, you're going to have to go to this level and people people unfortunately just didn't have that gap, that time to think about it, right? Because it was like, we're all waiting. We all have to have your your offers in in the next hour, you know. You don't have time to reach out to Dave Butler and say, Hey, Dave, can we do it? You know,
1: I think, I think how many, I mean, were you faced with a lot of people that say, Dave, I bought firm. Oh, that was well. you couldn't get a conditional offer. So that was the worst part was we would actually tell clients, Hey, like, we don't like this. I don't like the smell of this. I think this price point is, you know, it's going to be tough. We're going to need an exception from the bank. And they would just go in blind, put in their offer, come back and be like, I got it. It's firm, <laughs> you know, and it's fine. You know, it's, it, you know, my partner Dan will laugh about this when he hears it. But the reality is, is in our world and mortgages, I, 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 from a, from a pureness standpoint, I want a condition of finance in there for my client because I want to make sure everything is good. They're handled. Well, you know, and, and everything's at peace. Whereas when it's, when it's firm, the one thing a mortgage broker will tell you if they're being honest is that, well, at least now I don't have to deal with a financing date because there's always that five days. I mean, there's a deadline of the five days and then there's the deadline of closing the deal. But you know, in peerness again, I want everything to be right. But for us, we would always look at this and well, at least we don't have to worry about a five-day finance condition because then you couldn't get an approval in five days. That was another thing. Even if conditions were allowed to be in offers, sure. we wouldn't have been able to get approvals within that time because everyone was backed up it was insane
0: yeah and same with appraisers you know like you know even even though and and i know home inspectors same thing you know because there was people saying you know can i you know they put the house on the market and they wait you know 10 days to allow offers and people are scrambling to get their own home inspection done you know home inspectors are saying like this is crazy we we, we can't get it done you know and then and, and, and it's amazing how many pop-ups that you had all of a sudden everybody's a home inspector everybody's an appraiser everybody's this right i mean the volume level was insane Insane.
1: Yeah, it felt like it felt like everyone and their mother was now in something tied to real estate. Either they were in, I'm to get new appraisals, I'm gonna be a mortgage broker, I'm gonna be a real estate agent, I'm gonna people are probably I should get into real estate law. Like I mean, I bet you there was more people in law school directing their focus to real estate law than probably ever before. And I think that just goes there was a lot of mania. And I think anytime, you know, I think you and I can agree, the frothiness of it was to a point where it was every week you're talking about how we're going over list, We're going over this, going into craziness. People with fear. Everyone had fear that they were going to miss out. Oh, and I didn't even know buyers that were saying, look, I got to buy now because my realtor is telling me in a year from now, it's going to be 10% more. And and that caused obviously some craziness. And then to your point, though, you know, what was crazy. It wasn't really like regular real estate. It was auction bidding, really, because that's what happens when you set a price way below what you know. That's That's an auction. That's not a real, you know, and there's a reason why we don't sell goods everywhere based on an auction, because technically that's not the way that's usually not going to bring in the most fair price.
0: Okay. So you and I are going to talk about an auction in a second when we come back. So folks, I've got Dave Butler from BM select joining me and, uh, don't forget, you still have time if you're a first responder and you've been, uh, kind of worried about your financial future. You know, we've got our simple webinar seminar coming up on Thursday. February the 2nd at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss out on this. Uh, our new release for first responders as a thank you for everything you've done for us over the years um, will allow you to own an investment property with only $30,000 down. You know, that's the big part of it is it's a lot easier to get in and we've got a great program for you. So make sure you go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. And when we come back, I've got more with Dave Butler. And welcome back. Um, if you're just tuning in, Dave Butler's in the studio with me today. And uh, of course, you know Dave; he's part of my real estate talk triangle. And I think you signed a contract, didn't you, Dave? You're coming back this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, if you guys will have me, I'm uh, yeah, I'm uh, happy to come back. And uh, yeah, it's actually it's been. I will say this: it's actually been really fun doing the show with you. And um, if anything, it's funny. It keeps me, you know, as before, I was always head buried in the computer underwriting. It's actually kept me topical. I got to really stay on top of everything going on in my industry, something I didn't necessarily do because I was just so focused. But uh, no, this is cool. I love this stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and it's great having you on uh, as a guest. Obviously, you know, it's it's important for us to uh, to get you in and, and and have some, you know, good conversations about real estate and and definitely the lending world, you know, it is uh, a little upside down. Obviously, Bank of Canada, you know, in, and you and I, you know, replaying some of our shows, it's like seven rate increases. In 22. That is just unbelievable. And it wasn't just, wasn't just seven. It was half point, point, three quarters. Like, you know, it, it was definitely something they lied to us about.
1: Well, you remember, right? So they always say an increase when they talk about, you know, increasing the Bank of Canada prime rate, they talk about a 0.25 being, you know, an increase. So they'll say if if, if someone thought the Bank of Canada was going to raise 1%, they'd say that's four increases, right? Four times 0.25. Well, if we all remember, the Scotia Bank head economist had come out at the beginning of 2021 and said... He thinks eight raises, which would have been equivalent to 2%. And people thought he was crazy. I think I, I did as well. I thought, well, that's a little too fast if you're going to do that in one year. Well, we're talking 16 of the equivalent to 0.25 increases. That's ne- I don't think that's actually been done in Canada. Everything that I've looked at hasn't been done. Um, so, I mean, you're talking, you know, that's going to bring high levels of volatility. And I think that's what we're experiencing. And when you talk about volatility, you talk about beginning of the year, euphoria. By December, it was, you know blood in the streets everyone was crying everyone's going crazy right so yeah uh, tail tale of two two points of uh, of the coin there
0: yeah and you know when we talk about it you know there's a lot of people that um, keep thinking that the market's going to collapse right um, you know you 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 your your brokerage you know topping canada um, when we take a look at the big picture you know let's let's drill it down for a second um are people in really big trouble or Have people, did the stress test help us? And in a lot of ways, you know, will they be able to ride out this storm? I mean, you and I've talked about what, you know, and, and we can do our guesstimation on when, when rates are going to change meaning for the better for us, you know, Um, tell me, what do you think? I
1: I, I think there's going to be a little pain at the beginning of the year. but I think that makes sense. I mean, look, as consumers, we are faced with higher prices on everything right now. Um, We are faced with higher interest payments on our, on our mortgages. So, you know, certainly I would, if I'm comparing year over year, I think we definitely, as Canadians, we need to be more prudent with our spending this year. Um, But I think that's, that's a good thing. I mean, I think we need that. I think, you know, as me watching the way that people had cavalier attitudes with respect to taking on debt i feel like um i don't i I mean that more so not necessarily investors you know i actually thought there was it was quite cavalier the way that some of even first-time buyers were feeling like you know i gotta go buy a 1.5 million dollar home like i gotta you know i was really concerned about some of the debt levels there um but you know i think we need to be patient as canadians and ride this out um but Really, I think we got a little bit of pain for the first quarter. And then I think you and I are going to see whether or not our idea plays out, which is you know, Bank of Canada staying put um, likely throughout the year, but the fixed rates coming down. I think the bond yields, I think the smart institutional money is going to start to bet on the fact that the Canadian government will have to at some point reverse course uh, with respect to their rates. And I think the smart money will get there soon. And that's gonna lead to fixed rates coming down, I believe, much quicker than the Bank of Canada.
0: Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. And you and I have had that conversation last year. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things that we've witnessed during our careers where we saw, you know, that lone wolf. Coming out saying we need the business because right now you know it, it's interesting because the banks everybody forgets that the banks you know they, they see these massive profits right like they you, you and I every quarter you know they release it and you hear the you, know, you know whoever bank you know three point four billion in profit you know in a quarter And a quarter, but, <laughs> and, a quarter. <laughs> and and but 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 here's the funny thing is is that people forget that a lot of people invest in these banks like there is a lot of shareholders and they have to show a profit but my 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 big issue of course with it is is that now you got people that are you know they've been on the sidelines i think that they're going to have to like take a little bit out of their pockets and say look we got a discount we got we got to get people back in cuz look you know, you know, a hundred percent of uh, of twenty transactions versus fifty percent of you know a thousand transactions. I mean, they've got to be kind of smart about this and say, spring market, hey, let's 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 give some people a break on that five year fixed or that three year fixed.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for those that are involved in the corporate world, especially the corporate banking world, I mean, everything in that world is based off production and ie that's how your bonus that's how you're getting your family some of those things so people that are employed at the banks there's definitely you know I would assume there's going to be uh, a lot of people that are probably already been having these conversations they're going to be having them feverishly now since we're the beginning of the year to figure out how can they impress upon their bank um, and the first thing that I think you and I can think about is you know that spring rate special right which was before COVID was almost an annual thing right we had BMO for a while always coming out and doing this 299 or 399 it always had a 99 on the end but it was it was a sexy rate right um and it caused a lot of action and it caused kind of it seemed like it always sparked that spring summer market um yeah I mean if if the bond yields will move in the direction that we need them to um and they'll do that for at least a period of you know, six to eight weeks, which is really what we need, because right now they're bumping up and down. They're they're really trying to find an equilibrium there. Um, I, I think I think the possibility exists, right? And we already seen HSBC. There's a new, you know, player out there that came in and jumped in, and that was in August, right? We had HSBC. You could tell that their people were watching the bond yields, thought they had hit a level they were comfortable, they lowered their fixed rate no other bank did this but they had to retreat very quickly after because again the volatility right now in the bond yield market is is exceptional it's it's very high so again we will i believe see it but we need those bond yields uh to really play play a part here but I do think as to your point, and you've been saying this, I, I give you credit. You've been you're you're one of the very few people I ever talked to in real estate that actually keeps up with the trends on the lending side. I mean, a lot of people in real estate keep up with just real estate, but you're always on the lending side. You're keeping up with anything. And you've always been someone that says, Hey, I think that spring special might come this year. You've been calling it for over a year now. So yeah.
0: <laughs> You know, and and look, it, you can you can tell me I'm completely off my, my rocker come April and May if it doesn't happen. And and I know that uh, you know, my my producer, he's gonna keep this track going for sure, as it always does. But yeah, look, here's here's the thing, as a business, okay, um, you know, some profit's better than no profit at all. And despite the fact that, you know, we had a historically low volume in 2022, to the point where when you reverse 40% of volume from the year before, now again, you know, historically high, but still 30% kind of lower than the average. Um, 30% is massive. Huge. Now, you also know, and, and, and you and I have talked about this, there's a lot of people who have been sitting on their hands for six months. Like, you know, tell me they got to be chomping at the bit. They want, they want, they want to get it. It's like, it's like yep. a kid on the side, you know, you're playing hockey. Let me in coach. Let, you know, I, I think we've got some people like that.
1: No, you're not wrong. I, we were, we, uh, Lorenzo and I at the, at the team, we did a lot of analysis over the last six months on our new applications. And it was funny because our new applications are not actually down that much compared to the previous six months. But what it is obviously is the people that we are pre-approving. They're not out buying because the market hasn't hit their, the zone that they're ready to buy in. So, you know, we're seeing still a lot of activity. We're even having a lot of investors. Like I would say to you in the last six months, we've had more investors just come to us and say, Hey, I want to be ready for when there is some, there's some meat on the bone. So we've had that. We're we're getting our our, our investors pre-approved. Um, we're getting first time buyers are coming in. They're starting to say, hey, price is starting to come down to a point where when interest rates now come back down, maybe I'm gonna hit my target zone. So we're getting a lot of activity, but of course, you know, and the real estate agents are gonna say, well, we're not seeing that activity on our end. Well, that makes sense because really right now people are coming, getting all their ducks in a row, and they're kind of gonna wait and see what's gonna happen to it this year.
0: Yeah. In my head, I hear a tick tock. It's all about the timing. So yeah, speaking of timing, uh, we're going to go to a quick break, but folks, when we come back, I'm going to have more with Dave Butler from BM Select. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You know, it's amazing how fast this show goes by. Uh, I, for some of you, you may think it's dragging, but I got to tell you, you know, when I have a guest like Dave uh, Butler join me from BM Select, it's always a pleasure. We, you know, Dave, I think you, if you and I could have a two hour show, we could still probably fill it. Um, I do want to touch on, um, you know, BM Select, the team, and everything else. Uh, you know, I. I just just for for you know edification and clarity for our listeners um as at the simple investor we definitely use bm select not just um and i don't have dave on just because we use him it's the fact that uh, he is you know they are one of the top brokers in canada period bar none but more importantly uh, the integrity that they have has always been important to me to, for my investors to be able to work with people like that so um you know, maybe you can just let let's talk about BM for a second.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people may see the name Butler and they assume it's Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my father and my brother and myself, we you know, we run Butler Mortgage, but the reality is Butler Mortgage is just a brokerage. Um they have their their squad that, you know, their kind of team underneath and they are more rate sensitive and they're more You know, a lot of people know of Butler Mortgage as like a rate site but we're my partner and I Daniel we always for the last 20 years have focused on working with investors so we kind of rebranded our name as BM select because the truth is you know we are a select you know we work with select clientele and we provide a whole different level of service than most mortgage brokers um, we're not really there for people that aren't looking to plan if you're just looking for a rate and you've got all your plans there i mean anyone can get you a mortgage what we're really always looking to do is you know we want to we're old school i want to sit down i want to plan things out i'm not a guy that likes to make quick moves no one on my team is like that um the system that we've set up is one that's more adapt to working with clients that are looking for a relationship, not necessarily a transaction, um, and they want to work with us for a long time. And that's our thing. I mean, I always I, I use a stupid analogy as you know, when people ask me. I, I say, look, think of it like this. Think of me as the sports agent. The banks are just the teams, and you, the client, are the professional athlete. Right? An athlete is good at what they do so they go and maybe that's the the job they do and that's how they earn their salary but you always an athlete needs someone to be working on their marketing working on getting them sponsorships working on making sure that they're getting the best deal from the team that they work for that's us that's really what we do right i'm not just sitting there you know sending you off this and getting you this rate and doing this i'm I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at what am I going to do for you now? First five years, then what are we going to do after this five years? You know, and if you're an investor, Oh, I mean the planning, if you're not working with someone, if you're an investor and you're not working with someone on the lending side that understands the lending landscape, I think you're doomed because you know, right now there's really five or six big banks that you can work with as an investor. A lot of people don't realize this. A lot of the smaller mortgage lenders, they're not there for investors. It's just the big banks. So with the big banks, if you don't understand each of them and their nuances and how they calculate rental income or how many properties they'll allow you to have as the maximum, you're dead. I mean, I've had investors come to us who they did it on their own at first. They come to me and say, I just went and I used, I, I used CIBC and I got five properties from them and now they won't do anymore. What can I do? And I go, well, here's the problem. CIBC is a lender that you want to use at the end of your venture because previously to their most recent rule change, they allowed you to have as many rentals as possible. You just couldn't have more than five with CIBC, right? But if you don't know that as a consumer and you go to CIBC first, you've now screwed yourself up. If you had a plan of buying 15 to 20 rentals, that plan is going to be very hard to execute now. So that's really what it comes down to. I think with BM Select what it is is we're planners. We're not mortgage brokers. I think of myself as a mortgage planner, not necessarily a mortgage broker.
0: Yeah, no. And you know, I've experienced that and 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 I will attest to that that my investors have seen it and I've seen it and you know, that's one of the, the one of the big pieces uh, the missing puzzle. I think that You know, a lot of people are just rate-driven, but I also throw the cautionary tale that just because it's the best rate doesn't mean it's the best mortgage for you because there are a lot of conditions. And you know what's funny? Nobody truly reads the fine print. I mean, so if they're not reading it and they don't have somebody like you, you know, coaching them and and telling them, read this because this is a problem. You know, I've seen a lot of people go through nightmares where it's like, yeah, I can't break my mortgage. I can't do this. I can't get out of this. The fine, I got to pay this. Like, Like, it's amazing how many hidden issues that can be you know uh, entrenched in mortgage documents
1: you know what this uh yeah the 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 rate game i feel like it really picked up um in the last 10 years obviously as an online as the, the the internet presence became a really big thing and i think what happened is it actually triggered a bunch of probably smart people at some of these lenders to now incorporate a new product and this new product that came out probably about I want to say five, six, seven years ago, they call it like kind of like a no frills. And you know, for the listeners, really what it is is it's a mortgage that you're effectively locked into that bank. So the reason you're getting a lower rate than say another bank may offer you is because in the fine print of that mortgage you are signing, it says you cannot leave this lender. Even if you want to pay the penalty, you're not allowed to leave for five years only if you sell your home. So that means If I want to refinance, let's say I've had a a change in my life. I have to refinance to get money out. And let's say now I don't qualify with this lender that I already have that mortgage with. I am screwed. I can't leave. They have locked me in. Me deciding to take a 0.1 better rate has now taken away any flexibility and any options I've had. And now I'm stuck with this lender. And if I can't qualify, I'm actually totally screwed. My family's in trouble. I mean, so I always say, do you know, you're giving up, a, you're going to take an extra 0.1 discount on the rate. But you're going to actually, the the, the the possibility of you losing the equivalent to more than that 0.1 and many other things could make itself present throughout the term of that mortgage.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to throw this out. A lot of these are high ratio mortgages. And so what that means folks is that it means that you're putting less than 20% down and you're dealing with the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, basically as the guarantor on the mortgage, and you also get slapped with a fee there and this is this is where you know it's interesting because you hear these you hear these you know um advertisements and you see stuff online and it's like oh this this incredible rate but as you said dave you know it also can be more costly
1: oh it's i mean i i i would say this and now it's probably been about six seven years since these no frills mortgages have been around and i i'm i'm not a fan of them i think they're i think they're actually more misleading than anything and because i think the truth is a lot of times when you're working with a customer, they're just they've just think about it. They just bought a house. So they're going through an emotional roller coaster. They're There's on a high. lot of things. Yeah, they're, they're on a high. You actually, I said it perfectly. And when we're telling them all the stuff about the rate, I'll be realistic, they're just hearing the rate. I mean, when I tell them, okay, your rate's uh 4.69 as example, but now I'm explaining to them how they're locked in and tied it, they have forgot they're just 4.69. I'm moving them out. They're already thinking about what furniture they're gonna <laughs> put in the corner of the house, <laughs> what, what color. bed they want exactly would color everything. So I think you know. I think the, the 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 kind of the 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 way these are set up is not necessarily great, and I think that it's the reliance is on the mortgage you know distributor or the mortgage agent to be able to give them the correct information, and I think that's where we're a problem because, like you said. With the froth that we had in this market it brought in a lot of new real estate agents that didn't necessarily i don't want to say didn't know what they're doing but they don't have the experience level they need to well the same thing happened in our industry and in mortgages we had a lot of people jump into mortgages that don't have the experience level that someone else would that's maybe doing this for 5 10 20 years and that leads to maybe them not telling their client about that little extra uh, caveat in their mortgage and look what happens a 0.1 savings maybe they saved 500 a year but in the end, you know, maybe it cost them five thousand dollars because of something they had to go through. So, again, it's uh, hopefully, you know, with we what we've seen with the lower volume. Hopefully, it's a bit of a calling of those. You know, I don't I don't want to kick any inexperienced person out, but I think the people that are inexperienced and are not willing to try to do the job they need to do to make sure the clients are getting the right information I think I'm happy to see those people leaving our industry
0: yeah and I think I think you could echo that in real estate too as far as Realtors I'm pretty sure there's a lot of brokers out there that are saying bye-bye you know and, and and look sometimes you need the cleans- uh, you know cleansing of the herd every once in a while and 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 that's maybe what we're seeing so listen Dave uh, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you
1: um, you can check us out on Instagram we are our handle is at bm.select, or you can check us out our website www.bmselect.ca. Cool. Well, here's
0: to a great year. Looking forward to having you back on the Triangle, and thanks for joining me today.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Todd.
0: So, Folks, Dave Butler, as usual, joining me here in studio. Always great to have him on board. Um, As I mentioned earlier in the hour, uh, don't forget, if you are a first responder and you are just, you know, kind of, you know, thinking to yourself, do I have enough to retire? what's my future look like? Can I can I pass something on to my kids? Well, you know what? We've got something very special coming up on a Thursday, February the second, seven p.m. My simple seminar is basically dedicated to first responders because I've got a special release for you. You can get into investment real estate with only thirty thousand dollars down, and uh, you can register. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com. So um, that's that's a wrap for this week. Uh, I just want to thank Aiden and Omar. They kept it simple for me. I want to thank Ian Grant uh, as always. And on top of that, I want to thank you for tuning in, making us the number one real estate talk show. I'll be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.